1: This is Steve Honig, president of the Honig Company. I specialize in crisis PR, and I am on Hollywood Raw, talking about how we do it. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching...
2: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. My name is Adam Glenn, joined by my fellow anti pollution uh, p- podcast host, uh, Dax Holt. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing so well today. I am so excited for our guest. We have never had a guest on like this before. Um, You know, Steve Honig is really well known in the industry, but specializes in crisis PR. And this is a topic that I think our audience is going to find so fascinating because we talk about these people all the time. These people that are dealing with crap or they say dumb stuff or they do dumb stuff and then have to rectify that in the court of public opinion so what better than to have someone on who has dealt with this for decades and is probably one of the best in the industry at helping people get their shit back together um and so yeah i'm 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 stoked to talk to Steve. Yeah,
2: he's not just a crisis PR guy. He's a regular publicist as well. Like, he does both. And I'm just, you know, in our podcast, we always like to say we humanize Hollywood. We reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. So, you know, our side, we're journalists. You know, we call publicists, we call news outlets. Like, it's, we call the police to figure out the stories. But guys like him who has to deal with it, you know, working with the client and kind of working with the client, but also working with the media outlet. I'm just, Excited to pick his brain because I've actually never had a conversation like this ever with a publicist. I know a lot of publicists, but I never had this conversation where I could hear what it's like from their perspective, from their point of view, from their side. So um, I'm excited to talk to him. And I, again, if you Google Steve, he's you know he's a veteran. He's he knows his stuff. You know when he calls an outlet, people pick up. You know, and uh, he's just good at what he does. So um, excited to talk to him. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Before we get to him, reread your reviews. Dax, you have some reviews ready for us. I got a couple of
0: reviews to say thank you for people who left them. This one comes from uh, Stephanie Jenkins from Annapolis, MD. She says, Love your show, babes. I'm in sales and have to drive a lot. You make my long days enjoyable. I love your flow and your format. You make a, an hour and a half long drive feel like 30 minutes. Found you through Juicy Scoop. I don't follow many podcasts. Don't feel bad for me. I'm killing it right now. Thanks for keeping (laughs) me entertained between my stressful appointments, Stephanie. Well, Uh, thank you, Stephanie, for turning us on. Stephanie Jenkins from
2: Annapolis, Maryland. Thank you so much. MD, maybe? I think so.
0: All right uh julie says uh the best julie from lakeport california thank you guys you have the absolute best podcast my number one celebrity news outlet you both are so humble and have the best stories number one fan and not in a creepy way love you guys love your facebook group. oh that's
2: nice thank you so much I would julie
0: appreciate if it was more in a creepy way julie
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> julie b thank you so much that's really cool the facebook right. group's fun off the record by the way uh you know Join make it. sure you guys check it out all right dax you have one more
0: and by the way, I love how like everyone in the Facebook group has become like little sleuths. Like whenever there's a, a guest on here that says something that's like a blind item, it's always revealed in our Facebook group. I Which, love it. by the so way, we did break a huge
2: uh, story last week in our Facebook group, and then another site took it from us instead of exclusive. We broke it like nine hours before. Um, yeah, that's the type of stuff we do. All right, Dex, what's the last one?
0: Uh, last one. This comes from Mandy. It says the best. Uh, it says of the ten to twelve podcasts I listen to, Hollywood Raw is the one of the first that I scroll to. Dax and Adam are so funny and giving giving a real interesting take on everything they discuss. Great guests, never boring. Much love from Texas, Mandy. Yes, Mandy. Mandy, thank
2: you so much, Mandy. I Make like me want to go to in Texas. Your top
0: ten. It's like our old MySpace. We're in your top ten.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, Mandy. Thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate that. Very nice. And again, keep the reviews coming, guys. We we want to hear from you and give you a little shout out. Um, all right, let's get to our guest.
0: All right, guys, I'm very excited today. This is a, a last minute ad, and I am so excited to have Steve Honig on. He is the president of the Honig Company, which is a PR firm. He's been doing this since what the late '80s, Steve, and uh, <laughs> and uh, basically. You may have heard his name out and about around town. He specializes in crisis PR in the entertainment industry. You've seen his name attached to many, many clients, including Lindsay Lohan out there in the news. We obviously can't talk about his clients uh, or the connection he's had with them. But if you Google his name, you might
1: find uh, his name out there quite a bit. Steve, welcome to Hollywood Raw. Thanks so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. And I appreciate the good intro. I will say I don't just do crisis stuff. We do a lot of stuff. Crisis is one of the one of the things we do. so we do we do all kinds of things.
0: Yeah, uh, but crisis is really exciting to talk about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one you want to talk about, so that's okay. <laughs>
0: And I will say, Lindsay Lohan did have a a quote about you that she said, Steve is always there whenever I need him and continually puts himself in the line of fire to protect his clients. He is absolutely relentless when it comes to dealing with the media. And I love that. You don't have to comment on it. All I'm saying is she said that publicly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve. So I want to know, number one, how the hell did you get into this line of business?
1: You know, that's what my parents always ask me. Um you know it 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 just kind of evolved you know I mean I I started my career in New York uh I won't tell you the year um but I started out doing fashion publicity I was working for a fashion PR firm uh doing the spring and fall fashion shows for all the big designers and that was back in the day when they were all in like separate hotels it wasn't all centralized like the way it is now so um and then after that I went on to do more sort of consumer product technology stuff um I worked on the 96 Olympics in Atlanta for a couple of years. So I did that and then came out to L.A. about 25 years ago and got a little bit more heavy in the entertainment stuff. Um, Everything I've done has always kind of had a little aspect of entertainment to it. Um, But obviously, when I was in Los Angeles, it kind of flourished. And I started working uh, in particular with a lot of reality television personalities Mm -hmm. um, in various capacities. because publicity is such a big part of that of that sector, um, that there was a, a great need for that. So I really got to see that whole reality industry grow, basically from nothing to where it is today, and that was that was real interesting.
2: So, how would you say, Steve, most of your clients find you? Do they? Is it just word of mouth, really? Because you've just been around the industry for so long, and you just people know who you are and they know what kind of work you do.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much all referrals. Um, I really I don't do any kind of advertising or anything like that. It's referrals or maybe somebody sees, you know, my name in the paper associated with a a particular person or company uh, and then feel that that's a good match. But, yeah, it's 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 referrals. And it's, you know, I I tell people I run a boutique agency, which is a fancy word for small. And I, I I intentionally that's by design. I intentionally keep it that way. Because I like to be personally involved with each client, I don't just sort of like you know delegate things off to someone else. Um, I spent the first half of my career at like mid-sized and large PR firms, um, and um, and uh, I realized that I wanted a situation where I could be more integrally involved with clients and not just sort of managing people and budgets, which is what I was doing in a lot of the larger PR firms.
0: Absolutely, as so and. I do want to mention, give a little pat on our backs. You've never really done an interview before, have you?
1: You know, I um, I haven't. I'm just trying to think. I really haven't, and I, I shy away from it. I'm only doing it with you guys. <laughs> Hollywood Raw is the best. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> and, and I haven't done it, and I'll tell you why. It's because, I mean, obviously I can't talk about clients, and I won't talk about clients. I've had many offers to talk about clients. I've had some financial offers to talk about clients um and i would just never do something like that because that really betrays the trust that clients put in us so i i would never ever in a million years and i guess you know as far as talking about the process you know it's a little bit inside baseball i mean we're in the world series now so i'll give you some baseball analogies um but um You know, I think more and more people are wanting to understand how this works. And I also think there's a lot of misperceptions about what publicity is. You know, they use the term spin, which I can't stand. Um, So if I could, you know, clear up some of that stuff and maybe explain to people what this is all about, then maybe there's some benefit to doing that. 100%. And that's what our audience
0: loves. They just, they like the peak behind the curtain of Hollywood. So I feel like your job and what you do is that exact look that they are, they're wanting to find out. How do you feel like media has changed over the last decade? Like, especially with like the introduction of Twitter years ago and and actually giving celebrities the voice that they didn't have? Because. If people remember back when like TMZ was up and going like when I started there, it was you would just get your comments from a rep or from someone in PR or a publicist and you never heard directly from the celebrity themselves. Then Twitter comes around and all of a sudden people can put out whatever they want and comment immediately. How do you feel like media has changed
1: over the years? I mean, I could probably write a book on that subject. It's changed in so many different ways. I mean, social media obviously is a big part of it. Social media really is, and, and the, I guess the internet in general is the first direct channel from an individual or a company really to, um, you know, to consumers, you know, or to the general population. And so it's very powerful when you think about it. Someone could just go on their Twitter account and post a statement and millions of people can just see it in an instant. I mean, it's almost like their own little version of associated press or something like that, um, where they can do that. So, you know, I think that's obviously presented problems for people like me, but I think that comes down to working with your client and making sure they understand how to effectively use social media and also to talk to their PR person before they do certain things. I was going
0: to say, I got to imagine it can, they can be their own worst enemy at at times when you are working with someone. Are you like, don't say anything without me okaying at first, if you're already in the hot water.
1: Well, if you're in hot water, then yes, you should not be saying anything because there's also legal ramifications too, not just public ramifications. And, you know, that's an important distinction to make because you sort of, and a lot of people don't understand that. So that's actually a really good uh, point is that, you know, you sort of have the, the, the court of law and then you have the court of public opinion mm-hmm. and, What a lot of people don't understand is that you could win in the court of law, but you could lose in the court of public opinion, and it could be just as detrimental to you because it could affect your livelihood. You know, are you going to be offered deals, roles in movies, TV shows, you know, all kinds of things like that? So just because you might be exonerated in court doesn't mean the public is going to do that as well. And I think we've seen over the last few years just a million examples of that you know a lot of people call it cancel culture um but we we've seen it's been pretty rampant over the last several years so it really I don't want to say it doesn't matter what happens in a court of law cuz obviously it matters but you're not scot free just because things go well for you in a court of law
2: how do you like you know Steve you've been around for a long time but how do you gain that relationship between, or how do you balance relationship more between the media and your clients? Because you need to gain the trust of the media, but you also need to gain the trust of your clients. So how do you personally balance that relationship?
1: I think it's about educating the client and also being forthright with the media. I think that, you know, I'll, I'll probably get a lot of, um, a lot of shit for saying this, but I think public relations and publicity is an industry that's filled with mediocrity. I think there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to properly interact with the media and therefore they don't have good relationships with the media. You know, I, I've always believed in, I, I don't, I have never said anything to a reporter ever that wasn't true, you know, and that's where the whole spin thing comes into play, you know, where something happens to a famous person and, You know, the first question usually everyone on the team asks is, okay, you know, how are we going to position this or how are we going to put this out there? That's not my first question. My first question is, how is the person going to address the problem? And then how are we going to communicate what they're doing to address the problem? You know, so in other words, if let's say someone, you know, gets a a DUI, for example, it's not a matter of how are we going to position that. It's working with that person as far as how they're going to address what happened in, in in presumably a responsible and forthright way and then for us communicating it. You know, the the uh, a, a, a famous celebrity once said to me, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, once said to me, denial is a river in Africa. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's a really good point. Because the more you deny, the more the media are going to push. You know, my, we got to figure out what happened. What happened here? We got to prove that this person did something wrong. You know, we got to. But if you, I mean, think about it. The best way to diffuse a situation is if you say, "I made a mistake." You know, I I screwed up. You know, this shouldn't have happened. I'm I'm wrong here. You know, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what I'm doing about it to make sure it doesn't happen again. This is how I'm addressing my problems and to communicate. And it's interesting because that's really the formula for crisis PR in the corporate world. But for some reason with celebrities, there's this feeling that things have to be hidden and you can't be forthright or up front. And I don't buy into that. Um, I I think the best way to do. And if you can't be totally forthright or honest about something, then just say, I can't discuss that for whatever the reason is and, and explain why you can't discuss it. You know, it, honesty really is the easiest way. I, I know everyone thinks there's some great like this is rocket science and there's some great formula for crisis PR. But a lot of it is really just about being honest and transparent, identifying what the problem is, explaining how you're addressing the problem and then communicating that. And and that really is is, is the best way to handle it. Unfortunately, that's not what most people do. And that's not what most publicists do.
0: I was going to say, most people like to hear someone just apologize, just take responsibility for their actions and apologize. What, what are your thoughts on like the Kardashians? Because to, in my opinion, they are the masters of PR and press and manipulating the media and all of that stuff. I think they do it better than anyone I've ever seen. What, what do you think when you look at everything that they put out publicly?
1: I mean, obviously, they're wildly successful. So their formula and their way of doing things has worked for them very well for a very long period of time. Um, you know, I don't have any knowledge of the inner workings of what goes on there, so it's sort of hard for me to, you know, give you like a professional opinion of it. Um, but from what I see and what we all see, you know, from the outside, you know, they they obviously are are, are masters of you know working with the media and publicity and in a very multifaceted way.
2: Yeah, no, they, I, I just think they just have a really good uh, handle on it. Like they're their own publicists. I don't even know how they even a publicist works with them because they have more relationships maybe than their own publicists. They're just very well connected. Right. And, and in some ways also, and I think for publicists too, because I'm sure you, you have very huge clients and then you sometimes have clients that aren't so big, they're looking to get their name out. So it's like, I always thought you're, a publicist, and again, I could be wrong because, again, you're the black belt in your field, but a publicist is only as good as their client. So the Kardashians are so good that they can reach out to us weekly. The, the editor-in-chief is going to pick up the phone right away. However, if you have a, a lesser client who's not a Kardashian, who wants to become Kardashian-type fame or some, to that type of level, how do you get? how do you break that boundary, that door, and get that door open to make them into a, a star or get them what they want?
1: It's a good question. I mean, in in many ways, doing that is much more challenging than dealing with the crises because you're having to get interest uh, from the media about something that maybe they're not inherently interested in. And I think that's where, you know, the old school PR really comes into play, in that you have to understand what's newsworthy, what's not newsworthy, and how to create news. And when I say create news, I don't mean make stuff up. I mean, look at a situation and figure out Okay, what's the most newsworthy aspect of what's going on here? And then to focus on that and then take that to the media and position it in such a way that it's news. Um, This is very much also related to your previous question about how the media has changed. Um, One of the things that that I've seen is, is we've all seen, I guess, is clicks it's all about clicks now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. something has to be clickable the headlines have to be clickable the stories have to be clickable and unfortunately i feel journalism has taken a huge hit over the last five to ten years because it's not so much about uh reporting as it is getting people to click on something and I think that, and I'm not singling out any specific media outlet. I think this is something that affects all media outlets. And I know a lot of reporters that are very unhappy about that because it affects how they have to write and how they have to do their reporting. So I know a lot of reporters aren't really happy about this as well, but I guess it's an economic issue and and everyone kind of has to contend with that. But, you know, getting back to the person who might not be very famous, it's figuring out how to put them in such a light so that there is some interest. What is it about them? That is most newsworthy, and and it could be an uphill battle. You know, there's no silver bullet when it comes to these things. There's not like, oh, this is what you need to do. You know, you're an unknown person, and I'm going to make you a star. And I tell you something, I've had a lot of actors and actresses and people come to me and want to hire me, and they don't even have like an agent or a manager or a lawyer or anything. But they think if they just hire a publicist, they're going to become famous. And I have to break the bad news to them that that's not how it works is that public relations and publicity is reflective of what you're doing. I mean, I've actually had people call me and I say, the first thing I always ask is, well, what projects do you have going on? Film, television, music, like, what are you doing? And many of them don't have anything. Now that doesn't mean they're not talented, but they don't have any projects. So then I always say, well, what am I going to publicize then? You know, and they think that there's sort of this magic PR thing where we can just make people famous. And you know, back in the pre-COVID days, you know, when red carpets were like you know all the rage, people just want to get on the red carpet. And it, it actually was pretty sad to me because you know you go you could I could put I could put like a, a third grade teacher from a elementary school in Iowa on the red carpet. And the photographers would swarm and go crazy taking pictures because that's just what they do. Everyone that's on the red carpet, they swarm and take pictures, and then they sort things out afterwards. So we would have a lot of actors and actresses that that would make them feel really good. You know, I want to do red carpets, and the photographers are swarming around me. Okay, but guess what? Those photos aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: It's true, very true.
1: You know, and so there's a lot of these, you know, misperceptions about how all of this works. And unfortunately, a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, publicists out there that kind of take advantage of that a little bit. And, you know, it makes the person feel good and they think they're famous. And but no. So it's it's you know, I I take a very business focused approach to celebrities. You know, to me, a celebrity is a revenue generating business. And how are we going to increase the stock value of that celebrity?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And and just going on a red carpet and having photographers swarming around you is not going to accomplish
2: that. It doesn't move the needle on the
0: other side of that at TMZ for so long and being the photo editor, red carpet photos were the last thing I ever wanted to use. I hated red carpet photos, because they're so boring. And unless someone got flower bombed walking down the red carpet, I wouldn't want to use them. And it's funny that people like truly want that because to me, there's nothing Old less desirable than a red carpet
1: photo. The thing that used to drive me crazy is when the publicist would stand there with the whiteboard with the celebrity's name on it. How? So that the- <laughs> yeah. But my feeling is if you have to tell the person who this is that that's not a good situation i would yeah. never do that i mean that's humiliating so you know, humiliating you're, Yeah, you're so not you're so not famous that i have to walk around with a freaking sign that has your <laughs> name on it. you're you're I,
2: you're so right steve i've seen that happen so many times working red carpets i'm like oh this is like what is this an auction for this person like it's yeah. so oh, bad it's and then when the publicist has to come up to the reporter before and said hey do you want to talk to blah 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 like yeah, I do or I know it like it's just it's an yeah. embarrassing type thing. It's really yeah. weird and awkward or, and it's or can
1: you just or the publicist will say to the to the camera crew, "Oh, can you just talk to the person? You don't have to use it." Like yeah. that's a real that's a real good, you know, way to spend your time, yeah, right? Yeah. There's a
0: waste of time, waste yeah. of camera, waste of the the client's time, all of it.
2: Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's funny, See, that's why I think the industry is so outdated in a way. And I just think, you know, there's a lot of bad publicists out there. And in fact, I feel like a lot of these people are the anti-publicists. I'm like, guys, you know, you're actually hurting your client. And it's, it sucks because I, I mean, again, this might've worked years ago, but the industry has changed and you have to evolve with it. And I feel like there's a lot of people get scammed into PR, you know, these people, they give them high hopes and, you know, again, you work for the client they might say, oh, I want to be in the magazines. But hey, being on a red carpet's not really the best way of getting into like a magazine. What are your thoughts from working red carpets though over the years? Like is it – you know, you've done the biggest shows over the years from – I mean you're part of all these uh, groups that I, – I mean I, I feel like the red carpets are just – is it worthwhile for you as a publicist or when you go are you like working your ass off like going up to each brand outlet and saying hey I have as a client these are the questions you can ask them and these are the questions you can't ask them what is it what is it like on your side
1: well it gets very hectic on a red carpet you know because timing is a big part of it because as you guys know you sort of have each media outlet kind of at a different stop and the goal is to kind of go down the line and talk to everybody. But sometimes you're done with an interview. And then the next stop, they're they're still talking with the previous person. And then you have to skip around the person. But if it's like entertainment tonight, then the client's like, why are we skipping entertainment? You know. And then you sort of like have to go back and do that. So it becomes a little bit of a logistical nightmare. But I think overall, it depends on who the client is. I mean, sometimes red carpets are very productive. Um, you know, especially like at award shows and things like that and getting people seen. But my, my question always is, I, I would never put a client on a red carpet unless I thought that the photos would actually be used for something, mm-hmm. you know, or if they just want to go to the event, you know, because there's value to those events beyond the red carpet. You know, those events are good networking events and people to talk with other people in the profession and in the industry and stuff like that. So sometimes the red carpet could just be like the icing on the cake um in, in in that regard so sometimes there is benefit to it but it just depends on the individual situation but overall i think they're they're very overrated and i think the media the, the thing that interests me is very often the media ask questions that have nothing to do with the event that you're at the red carpet so if it's like a movie premiere they don't ask questions. They use it as an opportunity to ask them questions about, you know, their divorce or yep. you know, something like that, just to get the access to them, which I understand because that's, you that's know, the that's when you can talk to them. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. So Wendy Williams said that you are the man with the hardest job in
1: Hollywood. Do you agree with her? You're, you're looking at all my testimonials Listen, i
0: am uh, i am using the resources i have at my fingertips
1: she actually said that on her show really uh, yeah she said that cool. on her show um in it was it was it was in regard to a specific situation which i'm not going to discuss but she did a segment on something and um and I was the publicist in that situation, and that was the comment she made on the show: "Like this guy's got to be the hardest working <laughs> guy in Hollywood." Because, <laughs> and I'm, are you? Um, maybe one of the. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a title <laughs> because there's, there's a lot of really good, hardworking people out there. So I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not okay. Gonna so, so that
0: about. being said, are there any situations that a client could be in that they reach out to you that you're like? You know, I I'm gonna pass. Like they got themselves wrapped into something that even you don't want to take on. I, I and I and I don't know, like if if that let me yeah, just, I guess I guess is there anything
1: Yeah, okay. I absolutely and I've done that in the past too. And there's usually one of two reasons why I would turn something down. One is if there's just nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just say, look, there's just really nothing that you can do here in this particular situation. And those situations do exist. And the second one is that just for me personally, if it's something that is so egregious or offensive, um, I, I would not do it. Like like I
0: think back to, I totally has forgotten his name, the guy from Glee that was wrapped up into the kiddie porn stuff. Is that a case that you go, shit, I don't want to touch that or this person needs my help and I'm I'm there to do my job?
1: Well, it's an interesting question. And it's one that I've struggled with a lot over the years, you know, because you look at attorneys, for example, who represent like, you know, people who have killed other people and stuff like that. And you sort of say like, how can you do that? You know, this person killed, you know, you know, children or something like that. And it's something I struggle with. I'll be honest with you. I think though that a lot of it, the answer to that question lies in the individual Mm -hmm. um, that's involved. You know, if the person has done something, and they want to make good on that and they want to do something about it and they want to correct the problem. You know, my feeling always is it's better to give somebody a chance to do better. And that's yeah. why I, I, I kind of object to this whole cancel culture thing so much because if someone says, listen, I screwed up and I want to do better, isn't it in the best interest of just everybody to let that person try and do better? Yeah. You yeah. know, and it, It seems to me because we all make mistakes and obviously there's many different degrees of mistakes and there are some things that, you know, personally I feel are unforgivable for sure, you know, but it's 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 hard to give you a general answer to that question other than to say it is something that I struggle with. And and I constantly ask myself, you know, when when looking at these situations,
2: Steve, you know, so I'm right now I'd say Elon Musk is like the big interview right now, basically because he's about to get Twitter. He just purchased Twitter. Now, you've been on the other side of it. You've had huge clients, and then everyone wants to interview that client. Everyone wants to be the first to interview that client. How is it like on your side when all the morning shows are hitting you up and saying, hey, we want to interview your client? Are the hosts hitting you up? Are the producers hitting you up? How do you decide which outlet you're going to go to when it comes to all that?
1: Um, I've had everybody, you know, call hosts, producers, you know, all kinds of people. Um, I think, you know, at least for me, and and I should say I'm I'm different than a lot of other people who do what I do. I handle things a little bit differently. Um, To me, it's not just who's the biggest, but it's who I think is going to do the best job. And when I say the best job, I don't mean make it look the best as far as how it makes the client look although that's obviously important, but also who's going to ask like real questions? Because if there's a serious situation, the last thing you want to do is go on a morning show and have the host throw softball questions at your client. And a lot of publicists might want the softball questions, but you're not going to accomplish anything by doing that because afterwards, you know, everyone's going to say, that was a ridiculous interview and I, I will tell you one interview that sticks out to me and i'm gonna name names here <laughs> is when diane sawyer interviewed michael jackson all those years ago about all the allegations yeah i was practically pulling my hair out because i had hair then <laughs> I, was, I was practically pulling my hair out during that interview because she she was i mean it wasn't even softball questions it was like in my opinion it was like nerf ball questions And none of the questions that any of us wanted to know no good follow up questions. So on the one hand, you know, Michael Jackson's publicist at the time might have said, Oh, this is great. You know, we got through this. But when you look at it from another perspective, you didn't really accomplish anything. And I think in many ways, you reinforced a lot of the negativity because none of it was addressed. So mm-hmm. the best way to deal with these, you know, crises situations is to have a real reporter go in there and ask real questions and really discuss the issue. And if for some reason, legal or otherwise, the client can't answer, then the client just needs to say, listen, you know, this is pending litigation. I can't answer that particular question. And that's okay to say that.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with you because I feel like there has been interviews that I've watched where... If the questions don't get asked, I'm like, all right, they've clearly told them not to ask those questions, which I think fuels the fire, especially from the, the, I don't know, the general public and their criticism of whatever the event is, it just gets worse. What news site do you feel
1: like is the most fair to work with? What, what media outlet is the most fair? Yep. Oh, I'm I'm not going to answer that question because I have to work (laughs) with everybody. You got to work with everyone, everyone, but I find Hollywood Raw to be very fair.
2: (laughs) These are publicists. You're you're so good Uh, at your job. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I do. I'm not just saying that. I honestly do.
2: No, I appreciate that. How would you know? And I hate to give this coming from your. You don't work for this client, so how would you? How would you? if you were doing Alec Baldwin's PR right now, you know, how would you kind of navigate and, you know, don't go into the specifics, but kind of outline how you'd kind of work with him as far as just changing the perception. And I want to
0: add something on that because I feel like Alec Baldwin in the past did something that a lot of people, like he would do something shitty and then he would go on SNL and make everyone laugh and everyone would kind of forget and move on. It was just kind of like what he would do. And I always was like, I don't agree with it. However, it works for him, so we move on. This last round with the shooting and all of that, I feel that his PR is a little iffy. Um, So I I like Adam's question here. It's like, what what would you do in this situation if he hired you?
1: I think, well, right now, let's go back to when it first happened. I probably would have waited for more facts to come out and be disclosed before I would do any interviews. You know, I think a lot of people question why he did that big interview that he did.
0: Well, there's a lot of pressure though. How do you stop the the pressure from the public that said we want Alec Baldwin to speak? And, you know, there's that weird balancing act of if we stay quiet for too long, that also looks guilty.
1: Well to me when I look at that situation again I have no inside knowledge of anything I'm not connected to sure. anybody yeah. there. To me the thing that really confuses me is here we are how many months after and I feel like we still don't have the facts of what like actually happened. You know the sheriff's department or whatever I don't think has released anything. So I think there's like still questions about like what I mean just as a person like not as a PR guy but just as a person I'm sitting there thinking just like the Michael Jackson thing where I'm pulling out my hair. I'm like, okay, but how did that bullet get in the gun? Like, we still don't know how that happened. Who put that bullet in the gun? You know, because to me, that's such a material thing. And so I I think that that's really what I would want to find out first is some more factual information. And then once you have the facts, figure out how are we going to address this? But I'm sure in that case and in many other cases, There are a lot of mitigating circumstances that only those people that are actually involved in the situation know. So it's hard for me to really criticize anybody because I'm sure there's a thousand things that I don't know about it. You know, so I don't I don't want to knock anybody for how they handled anything.
0: And did you guys see his really bizarre Instagram post from the other day where he literally put up a picture of Helena and said one year ago today dot dot dot? I mean, yeah, he got well, ripped apart in the comments yeah. for, for posting. Maybe it was the caption that was the biggest turnoff. Because it's like, it's not my thoughts and prayers go out to Helena's family. Or, you know, it was it was just such a weird post. That would be one of those situations that I'm like, if I was representing him, I'd be like, what the fuck did you just post that for? Why? Yeah,
1: You know, the, the interesting thing that, you know, I've certainly had instances where I've called up a client about post. And it's sort of a double-edged sword when something goes up that you don't think is good because if you take it down, sure. very often that draws more attention to it than if you just leave it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes you just have to like take the hit and just leave it up and just kind of move on from there.
2: You know, Steve, I want to ask you – I you know I know we got a few more minutes with you, but it's um, – Tom and Giselle just got divorced Well, they're you know yeah. they're, they're and every time like people get divorced I feel like every single publicist not you but I'm saying all the other publicists because you're one of the good ones they all have the same sort of statement it's like oh respect that they wish to respect their privacy are you frustrated by that when people have the same sort of line that everyone has the same line for the the statement that they give to the media or the public
1: I, I tell you what what gets me, my one of my pet peeves is the joint statement, right? Because to me, a quote should be something that somebody actually says, right? And obviously, we write these things and you know, we plan them out. But to sort of your point there, you have a joint statement. so it's sort of like, did both people say that at the same time? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, I mean, obviously they didn't, but it sort of makes a mockery of the statement when somebody puts out a joint statement because a a statement should be something that a person said and you can't have a joint statement because then that would mean two people like said the same thing at the same time, which obviously that's not what it, you know, what happened. But yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, we want our privacy. We want this. We want that. I feel bad for the media when I see that stuff. Because I sort of feel like, you know, the, the the media are kind of looking for real solid information. And when you get this kind of, you know, respect our privacy or whatever, that really doesn't, you know, say anything.
2: Yeah, no, I agree wow. with you. I saw Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde, when their nanny recently spoke to uh, Daily Mail, they came together and had a statement together. I'm like, can't you just say this sucks? And we're really, you know, like, I want to be like, you're like, just <laughs> be more honest. Like, this sucks. Like, this is not cool. Yeah. This is not right. And of course, these two are not getting along. I mean, it's pretty—it's pretty clear that these two are not on the best of terms. But however, they came together, and and, and I want to ask you, my my follow-up to no, that. No, you know what,
0: so Adam? You know which one I hate is their eg- exhaustion. And I'm like, no, it's fucking rehab. Just say it's rehab. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. a moment where I think people appreciate that someone's trying to help themselves, and so just saying exhaustion when the word – like. You say Amy Winehouse is suffering from exhaustion. No, no. She was dealing with like drug issues. And I think you know, being honest about that goes a lot longer.
1: Yeah, there's an opportunity because when someone has a problem, look, everybody in the world has problems. The difference is that celebrities problems are put under a magnifying glass and a light is, you know, cast upon them. And I think it's an opportunity that when you have a problem, chances are there's millions of other people who have had that issue or problem too. So it's an opportunity to say, yes, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this, or I'm dealing with this, and you know, this is a big issue, whether it's a mental health issue or whatever it may be. You know, it's it sounds trite to say, but honesty really is the best policy. It really is.
2: So I have to imagine over the years, Steve, you've been had a client who, you know, a high profile client where they're getting divorce or separated from their spouse, and they have to go public with that statement. Now, for you, what do you do? Do you call the other spouse's publicist and say, hey, listen, obviously we need to make a statement. Can we work together and kind of agree on something? Or how does that work with you? Just break it down. Like,
1: I, I always would reach out to, I hate to call them the other side because I don't view it as a combative situation, but for lack of a better term, I would always reach out to the other side. You know, in any situation where there's two parties involved in something, I would always do that um, because, you know, they say you, you, you know, you, you working together and collaborating is, is generally the best way to do things. So, yeah, I, I would certainly do that. But I will tell you nine times out of 10, the other side doesn't want to do it.
2: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. My last question so, for you is, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, is I was, I was going to say, how competitive is it with you and the other publicists? Because again... And I say this because you always want to do what's right. You always want to kind of work together with people. And I have to say, Steve is one of the one of the best publicists in the industry. I'm not saying because he came on our podcast. I'm just saying it's because in <laughs> PR. It, no, Can I put that on my website? Can I dude, use that? my testimonial. But I'm going to – and this is – honestly, this is totally serious. And a lot of times a publicist, and I deal with a lot of publicists – There's a lot of ego involved, and it sucks because people have ego because they know who their client is, and Steve treats everyone the same. He treats everyone just well and just nice and pleasant, and he's just cool, and I I appreciate that. I respect that because, again, there's a lot of alphas in this industry, and for someone to just be total just balanced is just – it's you know refreshing in a way it's and it's great especially you know knowing the clients you've had over the years who are, are huge clients and you still kind of treat everyone the same i think goes a long way so i was just curious as how competitive is it with you with other publicists you know especially if there's a breakup and you want to make sure that they don't go to and say something to the media that you know you know is a lie or they're trying to bullshit where it's just fair
1: Well, first of all, thank you for those compliments. I I appreciate that very much. Um, I think it can be competitive, but I look, if I if I um, if I want to represent someone and they're being handled by another PR person who I know, I don't go after them. I just don't do that. Um, Call it professional courtesy or whatever. Um, I think the good news is, is that there's enough business out there for all of us. You know, and I don't think there's a reason to be, you know, clawing at other people or other people's client rosters, you know, and, and sometimes I've gotten referrals from other publicists and likewise, sometimes I've referred people to other publicists when I feel like there's someone that might be better suited, you know, for a particular situation, you know, like if I get a call about something and I say, well, I can do that, but I know somebody who like, that's their specialty. You know, it's sort of like if you go to the doctor You know, the doctor's like, "Oh, you know what? You need to go to the podiatrist." You know, this is like a podiatrist thing, and it's kind of the same thing too. Where oftentimes we'll refer people to each other, and but there's a lot of business out there, so I don't think there's a need to like be crazy about it.
0: No, this whole conversation has been absolutely fascinating. My last question for you, Steve, is: You specialize in obviously crisis PR. Kanye West is the one person who I feel like is. Dealing with a lot going on in the media, spiraling, having every story about him come out every single day. Would you take on Kanye as a client?
1: You always save the best questions for last. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: No, is the answer to that question. Um, I think, you know, the issue there is that it's not a public relations problem. It's a behavior problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just kind of leave it at that. Okay, because i I'm,
0: th- that's what I'm curious is how does this guy figure out his stuff and get back in the good graces? I mean, he said a lot of dumb stuff, but I do feel like because there is um, issues going on beyond, you know, just your normal erratic behavior, um, I, I wonder if he can then oh, – let, let's say this. Let's say he gets help. Let's say he gets stabilized, whatever that means for him and wants to rectify his
1: career, would you
0: then be willing to take him on?
1: I would welcome an opportunity to be a part of writing a wrong, mm-hmm. but it would have to be more than just doing it from a public relations perspective. There would have to be substance behind it. Yeah. Well, in other words, if someone said, I have wronged this particular group of people, Jews. <clears throat> Sorry, want to, I want to yeah, I, I want to I want to make this right. And I want to do things to make it right. I want to be involved with organizations. I want to donate money. I want to help educate people. I want to make amends. I want to do these things. And that person wanted to communicate that they were doing those things, but to communicate those things, not for self-serving purposes, but to help the overall cause and the overall good, then yes. But there would have to be substance behind it. And this goes back to that whole spin thing. I I would not spin something like that. There would have to be something meaningful behind it.
0: He's got a lot of groups that he needs to make good with. I mean, black people, George Floyd's family, Jews. like It's just one thing after another with Kanye. hes I feel like he's really just said a lot of things over the last few months that have pissed off a lot of people. Anyway, yeah, he thank needs you. To get work. Yeah, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, really, this was a huge, I feel like just home run for us personally as, uh, you know, in this podcasting world because getting to hear from someone in your line of business is so freaking fascinating. Um, I love hearing how you look at it because I feel like Adam and I have our own ideas of, PR people and what they do and you kind of break that mold uh, a lot of the times for us in how you treat people and how you treat your clients and I like that and I like also just hearing how it goes through your head on dealing with situations when people get themselves because celebs are always going to get themselves into trouble but having to navigate out of that trouble I think is really um, a
1: a cool in-depth look into what you do on a daily basis well great I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you guys
2: yeah, I appreciate
0: uh, it, Steve. Hopefully it won't be the last, but I might think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was already a home run getting you once. I don't know if we'll be able to get you twice, but yeah. thank you yeah. so much, Steve.
1: Okay, thank you guys.
2: I love that conversation just because I, it was almost like for me as a journalist to able to pick the the people I work with or work against sometimes, their, their side of how they view it. So for me, it was just very uh, – it was a little bit educational for me.
0: Yeah. I I feel like there's not a lot of times that people come on and necessarily educate us because we know so much about the industry as a whole and all the like sneaky little things that happen. But I do feel like I loved his perspective and I do feel like I I learned a lot from that conversation. Um, Really good guy. And I wish we could talk about some of the clients that he's been a part of because he's had so many high profile cases. But um, that would be kind of a big no no. So yeah, go do your own research. <laughs> yeah, you 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 <laughs> type yeah. in his name and you'll see who pops up. Um but yeah, he's worked with some of the biggest clients doing huge cases just trying to like rectify like their public persona or like, you know, what people think about them.
2: Yeah, I like just the way his his approach to the industry is, like the spin, you know, people think publicists are spinning it and they do, but for him, he's just more of like Hey, you did it. There's no way to spin it. Like, just be honest and let's just convey it in the say best you way it, possible. Move forward, yeah, yeah exactly. So you did
0: it apologize? Do what you need to do to learn from your mistake. And yeah. I think not a lot of publicists say learn from your mistake. A lot of publicists say, okay, how do we how do we fix this or how do we cover it up?
2: Dax, what was your biggest takeaway from that interview? The one that, that kind of like
0: work with Kanye West. I thought. I thought for sure he would say, yes, he would work with him. And only because Kanye needs that right now. Um, He needs someone to, like, step in and help him out. But maybe Kanye's just not ready for that. Maybe Kanye needs to get healthy before anything else. But I guess that was just... It was surprising for me to hear no, he wouldn't work with Kanye. Well,
2: I'm not surprised by that because I knew someone who was working with Kanye and get paid very well, but they just said it wasn't worth the um, headache. The headache, but also the the issues that come with it. Because I guess it comes to somewhere where you almost feel like, based on the, the statements he's saying, where do you draw the line? Because how do you defend what he says? And it's not about well, defending.
0: When you can't control what they're doing. Like with Kanye, you almost need to be like, give me your Twitter password and I will post w- whatever you w- are wanting out there. But you can't have access to this anymore because all it's doing is getting you in more trouble. And you know what? If we're going to sit down with a podcast, like I need to be a part of it. I can't you go- have you going rogue on me because that's what's also presenting more issues. You know, like we need to. But again. I think what he said is the bigger thing here is he's not like mentally stable right now. So yeah. he, you can't work with someone who doesn't want to help themselves.
2: For sure. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as we enjoyed doing it. Uh, Cause we really did. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And always uh, follow us on Instagram at Hollywood raw pod pod. Shout out to everyone in the Facebook group. Uh, it's off the record. We have a private Facebook group where you guys, we ask. You know, we answer your questions. You guys talk to each other. We learn a lot. You guys learn a lot. It's just a really cool community of people that are celebrity obsessed, just like we are. Um, but it's just, it's fun. It's great. And you guys are so good at engaging that you keep the momentum going. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're, uh, we're on it all. Follow me at Adam Glynn G-L-Y-N. Follow Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. We'll see you guys next time.
0: A Huda Media Production.